Lord, turn in your Bibles with me this morning to, if you would, Genesis chapter 45 within God's Word. We have a study guide for you if you can follow along in the dim light. Uh, Genesis chapter 45 within God's Word as we continue our series on Joseph. Down in the pits, but destined for the palace. Our series on Joseph. Yesterday, uh, because uh, of Julie and Pastor Ryan being in Louisville, Kentucky all week, we were blessed with babysitting the grandsons all week. And I took the boys fishing. They've been begging to go out in Grandpa's fishing boat. Uh, They've been begging all week. And so we took them out in the... uh, grandpa's small little poor fishing boat that all the big boats on the lake laugh at and we try to keep afloat I had my daughter Jenny up at the stern I'm back in the bow with the two boys sitting in the middle and the whole time grandpa didn't get a chance to fish hardly because he was baiting all of their hooks and casting all of their lines all three of them And they were having so much fun. And I had to caution them, don't stand up in the boat. You'll tip us over. And I thought, I'm going to at least try some trolling. And uh, I haven't had too much time to fish this summer. I'm going to do a little trolling while we're going out to the next fishing spot. Bam! Big bass. I got a big bass. Uh, It hit so hard, and I pulled it in. And uh, I I thought, this is a keeper. I'm going to take it home and show it off uh, to my wife before I uh, catch and release. And I got my stringer out. You guys know what I mean by a stringer. Put it through the gills, put it through the mouth, put it through the the loop because it was the first fish on on the stringer. And I went to tie it to the uh, edge of the boat. Just then the fish flopped really big with all of its muscles. It flew out of my hand and took off with the whole stringer. (laughs) Swam away. Uh, Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. And my, the boys looked at me, and they said, wow, Grandpa, that, that's really something. And so we went to the next fishing spot, and I thought, I'll troll on the way. And bam, bam, this was even bigger. This is the biggest bass I've ever caught. Uh, I, I mean, I had all I could do in both hands to hold this living tissue of nothing but muscle and sinew and I'm wrestling with this bass in the boat, and Jenny can vouch for me. Uh, This thing was so big, it slipped out of my hands. It's flopping in the boat. The boys are screaming like little schoolgirls. They're jumping up in the boat. Even Jenny is jumping. She's got the video. The boat almost tipped over as the fish is just jumping and flopping away. And then Jack, my little Jack, he screams, it bit me, it bit me, the bass bit me, its jaws, it bit me. And I said, no, it didn't. And I finally wrestled it and tackled it down. And because I've already lost my stringer, I thought, what am I going to do? I had a bungee cord there. 
Okay, you animal lovers, you're going to hate this, but I, I, I wrestled that bungee cord through the gill of that big bass. It was so big, out through its mouth, and I tied it to the bottom of the boat. I'm, I'm going to show off to my wife, big bass, big bass. And uh, then Jack's crying, and we couldn't get him to stop crying. It bit me. I said, no, it didn't bite. Bass don't bite, people. I look at his leg. His leg's bleeding. Now Grandpa felt really guilty, really bad Grandpa, bad Grandpa. And sure enough, the bass had stung him with its dorsal fin. And now here are all the mommies and the grandmommies. And, you know, Grandpa's here. If you don't stop crying, I'm taking you back home. You know, bad Grandpa, bad Grandpa. <laughs> And then I saw that he's really, he was telling me the truth. Poor little guy. Ask him to show you his leg, you know. Uh, and we, we took him back to the, the house, and that bass, Rod, that bass was so big, it broke the bungee cord, and I lost him. <laughs> I lost him. <laughs> and my, my supportive family down here is going, sure, yeah, sure. Who can hurt us the most? Who hurts us the most? Those who are closest to us. The time is 1,800 B.C. The place is Egypt. Even more specifically, it's the palace. It's the throne room of the mightiest land and empire in the world at that time. Sitting upon the throne of Egypt at this hour is the Grand Vizier, the Prime Minister of Egypt. And as ten men prostrate themselves, as they hit the dust and bow before him, he's shocked as he recognizes them. These are the same ten men that 22 years before had beaten him, stripped him of his clothes, and sold him into slavery. Because of these ten men, because he was sold into slavery, he had spent ten years of his life in Egypt's hellhole, the dungeons of Potiphar, but God, I said, but God had not forgotten him. You can be forsaken by man. You can be utterly forgotten by people. But God, hallelujah, will not forget his own. And God, in one day, reached down into that prison and promoted him to the palace. In one day, the prisoner became a prime minister all because God's in control. And that's a word for someone here this morning. In one moment, God can turn it all around. Remain faithful to Him. So who are these ten men that had so treacherously betrayed the one who sits upon the throne? Who's the one sitting upon the throne? Isaiah 45 gives the answer. Verse 3. Joseph said to his brothers, I 
am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and no reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. But God. So Joseph forgave his ten brothers. Utterly, completely. God's word declares that he not only forgave his brothers, but he saved their families and gave them the choicest land in Egypt. That's right. Joseph forgave and Joseph blessed. Joseph favored these ten brothers who had so treacherously rejected him and betrayed him and had done such evil. Think of it. They stole all those years out of his life. Yet he forgave them. But interestingly, the Bible declares to us that though Joseph had forgiven his brothers, they had not forgiven themselves. Read with me in, I, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 15. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers were frightened. Years later, they thought this. Now Joseph will pay us back for all the evil we did to him. So they sent Joseph a message. Before he died, your father instructed us to tell you to forgive us for the great evil we did to you. We servants of the God, your father, beg you to forgive us. When Joseph read the message, he broke down and cried. Why did he cry? Because he realized they hadn't forgiven themselves. They hadn't let it go. Then his brothers came and fell down before him and said, We are your slaves. But Joseph told them, don't be afraid of me. Am I God to judge and punish you? As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. For he brought me to this high position I have today so that I can save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. Indeed, I myself will take care of you and your families he spoke very kindly to them, reassuring them. I'm here to tell you this morning that countless Christians who come to church every Sunday are just like the brothers of Joseph. Their sins have been cleansed. Their sins have been forgiven and forgotten by God. The hurts and the failings, the mistakes of the past are under the blood of Jesus. God has forgiven them. God has forgotten. 
but they can't forgive themselves. Or they can't let go of the hurts perpetrated upon them by others. There's a specific term that I use for these kinds of Christians, this kind of Christianity. And I present it to you this morning. These are the garbage collectors. The garbage collectors. Mark it down with me if you'd like to follow along this morning. The reason many Christians are missing out on God's best for their lives is because they're garbage collectors. Let me illustrate what I'm talking about. I want to introduce you this morning to a young man. We'll call him Christian. Christian could be any one of us. Sure, Christian is saved. He's born again. He's on his way to heaven. But he sure doesn't act like it. You see, Christian constantly visits the garbage can of his life by reliving the garbage of his past, by rehearsing the hurts that others have done to him, by replaying and reiterating in his mind his sins, his failings, his mistakes of the past. Let's see what kind of stuff Christian is pulling out of the garbage can of his life. Oh, here's a deflated beach ball. It represents failures. Maybe for you it's failing in school, your career, failing with your children. Maybe it's failing to keep your cool and you lost your temper. Maybe it's failing to say the things that you should or you shouldn't. Maybe failure for you is failing to love your family, your spouse, the way God's called you to be. Maybe it's failing to be faithful to God. Now as he rummages through the garbage can, he, he finds a broken mirror. This broken mirror represents our poor self-image. Do you remember going to the carnival when you were a kid? Do you remember that place that was full of mirrors? What did they call that? The house of mirrors. There were mirrors that made you look squiggly. Mirrors that made you look fuzzy and dim. There were mirrors that made you look tall and skinny. And there were mirrors that made you look short and... I know which one I like looking at. It is said that the people that we're brought up with, our parents, our siblings, are the mirrors that we've been brought up with in life. Mirrors that give us either a positive perspective on our lives or a negative, abusive perception. What kind of mirrors were you brought up with? I counsel Christians on a consistent basis that were brought up with mirrors that said, they're stupid. 
They're jerks. They're idiots. Mirrors that shouted at them, you'll never amount to anything. We wish we never had you. Mirrors that were abusive emotionally, verbally, sexually. Mirrors that denigrated and demeaned their selfhood. I'm here to tell you this morning, you're not what the world says you are. You're not what your past says you are. You're not even what the devil, old slewfoot, says you are. You're a born-again, blood-washed, Bible-believing, demon-fighting soldier of the cross. You are who what God says you are. You're not a pauper. You're a prince. You're a child of the Most High. You're a king's kid. And the royal blood of heaven flows through your veins. Lift up your head. Square your shoulders. And act the way God says you are. Move into what His Word declares about you. You're a brand new person based upon who you are in Christ Jesus. Though we know that intellectually, though we know that by faith, there's many of us that keep appropriating a selfhood, a self-image, a self-perception that is based upon our past. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it's garbage. It's garbage. What else does he find in this garbage can? As he rummages around, what has he got here? Oh, he's just got to pull it out. He's just got to live with it. He's just got to embrace it. Get it out here. I'm losing time. Beautiful. It's rotten fruit. There's nothing more smelly or distasteful than rotten fruit. It represents the bitter guilt and the regrets of life. You know, there, there's bitter regrets like I wish I'd, I had gone back to school. And then there's heavy stuff like I wish I'd been a better parent. Why did I ever get addicted, hooked? I would have never imagined myself to be guilty of an extramarital affair. I would never have imagined that I would have gone that deep into sin. How could I have been so foolish? As he goes through the garbage can, he pulls out something that looks like a bunch of weeds. But these used to be beautiful flowers. And now they're wilted. Now they're garbage. Often when terrible illness, tragedy, or death strikes our, our lives or strikes our loved ones, even Christians can harbor resentment towards God. These represent re resentment. Put that on the slide up there in the booth. Towards God. Why did God not heal my loved one? Why didn't God bring a miracle when I asked Him to? Where is God in all this? That's right. Even Christians can harbor secret resentment, anger towards God. As Christian goes through the garbage, here, here he's almost, oh, almost cut himself. What's he pulling out here? 
He's got a broken wedding picture. It represents the painful memories of his past. Listen, when the grieving is never over, there's a time to grieve. There's a normal time to grieve. But when it goes on decade after decade, that's abnormal. There's some that continue to grieve forever over the death of a loved one or the death of a marriage. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not God's way. It's garbage. Here's, here's an old jar that he has found in the garbage can. An unopened jar. What is it? Oh, it's a jar of mayonnaise that's been left out in the sun. Have you ever smelled a jar of mayo that's been left out? to rot and to ripen in a garbage can? And what does Christian do? He wipes his messy, sticky fingers where? On his shirt. It represents an unforgiving spirit. Listen, choosing to withhold forgiveness from others, even from yourself, even from God, is the choice to resent rather than release. There's nothing that stinks before God than an unforgiving spirit. Oh, there can be so much more as he pulls out things out of the garbage can of his life. What has he got here? Oh, be careful. It's an old jar of whipped cream or a can of whipped cream. What's this? Oh, there's the one that got away. No, mine was a whole lot bigger. You talk about smell. There's no stink like putrid fish smell. And then what do we have here? What's the last item he's got in his garbage can? What's that? Oh, parent, parents, you agree with me? There's nothing worse than a dirty diaper. But what does all this garbage collecting add up to? What does it all add up to? Write it down. A garbage-collecting Christianity leads to stinking thinking. Stinking thinking produces a life of stinking talking and stinking behavior. It all breeds stinking attitudes which stink worse than rotten fruit or an old jar of mayonnaise. Attitudes which cause people, even Christians. Do you know Christians that can be critical, negative, sour pusses do you know Christians that are bitter mean spirited countless churches that I've been in have a brother bulldog or a sister Doberman oh yeah they're on their way to heaven but they're not enjoying the abundant life they're not enjoying God's best they're not enjoying the joy of the Lord which is their strength now this broken, smelly, rotten garbage needs to stay where? Where does the garbage need to stay? In the garbage can. But what is Christian doing quickly as pastor's running out of time? What is Christian doing? Is he putting it back in the garbage can? Huh? Is he putting it back in the, in the refuse container? Huh? For the, for, for the garbage truck to pick up? No, what's he doing? He's putting it in a bag. 
What's he going to do with that bag? Look at what he's doing. Look at what he's doing. He's putting it around his leg. He's taking it with him. He's living with the garbage of his past. Garbage that should be under the blood of Jesus Christ. Garbage that's been forgiven and forgotten by God. He wants to live with it. He wants to embrace it. Look at that. As he tries now to run the race that's been set before him, as he tries to run the race of faith, what happens? He trips. Does the Bible talk about this? It sure does. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Christian, you've been held back too long by the past. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run with patience. That word patience in the Greek means perseverance under stress. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Christian, God's not looking for sprinters. God is looking for marathon runners. God is looking for men and women of God who keep running no matter what. They keep running. <laughs> they keep trusting the Lord. They keep their head held high and their shoulders square. If God be for us, who can be against us? They run the race that's been set before them. They fight the good fight. Uh, uh, they finish their course. They keep the faith. You can't do that, though, if you're dragging around your garbage from the past. Garbage collectors not only stink up their lives with smelly attitudes, but they cause all of their relationships to reek with stench and stink. Here, Christian is lonely. He wants some fellowship. Christian wants to hang out with his best friends and what happens every time he hangs out with people he not only talks about his aches and pains he not only talks about his doctor's appointments and his latest surgeries but he has to talk about his garbage his garbage from the past and not only does his garbage smell but he smells he stinks because the stuff from the past has caused his speech, his words to stink, his attitude to stink. And the people around him just can't handle it any longer. Do you see that? Listen, the problem with garbage from the past, it'll not only infect you, but it'll poison all your relationships. If you don't deal with the garbage from the past, it's contagious. You'll stink up your marriage. You'll stink up your family. You'll stink up anybody you associate with. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. God's Word says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter what root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Let pastor give you a word here this morning. 
There's some of you that are spending an awful lot of time addressing the symptoms and not the problem. There's a lot of you spending money with therapists, specialists, and counselors, and I am not against counseling. I am not against therapists, psychologists, or psychiatrists. But let me save you $150 an hour. Hear the word of the Lord. Until you deal with the root, you're wasting your time with the fruit. You got to address the root before you deal with the fruit. God's word says, watch out that no bitter root, root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And the root for so many garbage collecting Christians is dragging the garbage of the past into the present. If it's not under the blood, it'll not only ruin all of your todays, it'll impinge upon all your tomorrows. One of the greatest reasons, write it down, for dysfunctional homes today is garbage collecting. I see this over and over as a pastor. Parents that don't know how to parent Spouses that fall out of love with one another. Here we have a wife. She's a loving wife. She's a beautiful Christian wife. She keeps a, a beautiful home and takes care of the children. She wants to hug her husband as he comes home from work. But what does he do? What have you been doing all day? Can't you keep this house cleaner? What about these kids? Look at them. What's your problem? What kind of a mother are you anyway? He berates her. He verbally assaults her. He emotionally abuses her. He even takes the garbage of his past and beats her with it. So Christian walks off stage, dragging his garbage with him. You know, we, we laugh as he beat her with the garbage of the past. But how many do that? It's the good old-fashioned blame game. We're so possessed and consumed with the hurts from our past we got to find somebody in the present to inflict our pain upon. In counseling, we call it misguided anger. You might not understand that concept, but you'll understand this. Ever watch a bullfight? Ever watch a bullfight? They get that bull into a berserk mood, into a berserk attitude. That bull is breathing the fire of hatred, blazing hatred as it charges what? It wants, the bull wants to kill what? The bull wants to charge what? The red cape. The bull should be charging who? The guy wearing the prissy pants holding the red cape. I used to shout at the TV, get the guy in the prissy pants, the matador. He's the guy throwing the darts. 
Who hurt you in your past? Who abused you decades ago? Who betrayed you and rejected and abandoned you so horribly? And because you've chosen to live with the garbage of the past, you're inflicting upon others the pain of your past. You're demeaning, you're denigrating others because you're, you're so unhappy with yourself. Do you know somebody that's always critical? You know someone that's always negative and pessimistic? Feel sorry for them because you're looking at a person that is deeply unhappy with themselves. Terribly unhappy with themselves. And the only way they can survive emotionally and psychologically is to take it out on others, to shift the blame. It's misguided anger. Do you hear me in this? Hurt for hurt. Hate for hate. It's garbage collecting. Stop dragging something that happened in the past into your relationships today. Stop punishing your spouse, your kids, your friends, your co-workers for something that happened to you when you were growing up. What do we know about abuse? The reason abuse is so terrible, it creates a chain. Abused children grow up to be what? If they're not healed and made whole, they grew up. Those who are abused when they're young grew up to be abusers themselves. Stop punishing your loved ones for something that happened in the past. In the name of Jesus, turn it over. Turn it over to Jesus. Yet the worst thing about being a garbage collector is how it opens up your life to the enemy's attack. You see, if we don't surrender our garbage of guilts and regrets and hurts to Jesus, we not only make ourselves prisoners of our past, we open up our lives. We open up the door of our hearts to the enemy. Listen now as he lifts up his bag and he drops it on the floor. You see, the enemy's intention is to turn your garbage into bondage. To turn your trash of the past into enslavement. The enemy is not content with you carrying around and being tripped up by the stuff of the past. He wants to enslave you and make you a prisoner of the past. So we can't run the race that God has set before us, so we can't be finishers. He wants to relegate us to a mediocre, mundane, miserable Christianity. I ask you a question. Do you want to hear if there's hope for garbage collecting. Do you want to hear about hope? Come on, I need more than the front row to talk to me. Do you believe that there's hope for the garbage collecting Christian? 
I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you as a pastor of the living Savior, Jesus Christ, as an agent of hope, there's real hope for garbage collecting. Because our Lord is still in the cleansing, forgiving, grace-giving, grace-giving business. I'm here to tell you this morning, there is real hope. I want to give you a prescription real fast here this morning. Number one, number one, run to the specialist. When you have a problem, run to the specialist. If you have a toothache, do you tie a string around that tooth and then tie the other end to a doorknob and pull the tooth out? Or do you go to the dentist? Do you go to the specialist? Honey, sir, ma'am, if you've got a garbage collecting problem, run to the specialist. Jesus is a specialist with your hurts, your failings, uh, with your sins. Remember, only He's your Savior. People may have offended you. People may have hurt you and betrayed you and rejected and abused you. But Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. He was forsaken that we might be accepted. He was made poor that we might be made rich. He died so that we can live. Hallelujah to our Jesus. He's a specialist in the grace-giving business. But pastor, you don't realize how bad it was. You don't realize how deep and dark my sin was. You don't realize the pit of sin that I fell into 23 years ago. His grace is greater. And there's no pit that is so deep that His love is not greater still. His grace is greater than drug addiction. His grace is greater than extramarital affairs. His grace is greater than sexual abuse. I want you to know His grace is greater. The blood will never lose its power. It continues to flow to the highest mountain and the lowest valley. Hallelujah! There's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, Christ Jesus, our only hope. Number two, to stop meditating upon the garbage of your past because that's what garbage collectors do retrain your brain retrain your brain you have been given the most marvelous gift in the universe as far as science is aware the most orderly arrangement of matter is stuck between your two ears it's called your brain your brain is able to compute things that no supercomputer on the planet is able to do. It is the most marvelous organ that we are aware of in the universe. We do not understand all of its intricacies. But the Bible knows this, that as a man thinketh, so is he. As you think, what you focus on, what you dwell, what you embrace, what you keep before you, you will become. What you feed grows, what you starve dies, what you eat, what you digest, what you consume, what you take into this mind, you will become. Paul understood rightly the correlation between our thoughts and our behavior. In Romans 12, 2, Paul the Apostle said, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That's your behavior by the renewing of your what? Mind. Then you'll be able to attest and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. Jesus understood this. Jesus said, Man does not live by bread alone 
but we subsist. We find our life by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What can we say about the word? What can we say about the word? What can we say about his word that comes straight from the mouth of God? I want you to know that this word is unlike any other word. Don't you dare compare this book to any other book upon the planet. This word is alive. It is the living breath of God. It has the ability to transform. It has the ability to retrain your brain. It is the authoritative, divinely inspired, inerrant, infallible, immutable, indestructible, holy word of God. And it can change you from head to toe and rearrange your thinking. Stop aligning your thinking to the past. Stop correlating your mind, your thoughts, and your thinking to the defeats and the negativities, the hurts, the victimization of the past. And start aligning your mind, start aligning your life and your word to His word. Make His word your word. Take your stand every morning, hallelujah, upon the holy word of God. And as you read it, as you meditate upon it, as you study it, as you memorize it, begin to confess it. It's not enough to believe it. It's not enough to receive it. Honey, you got to release it. You need to stand upon his word and confess, if God be for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against us can prosper. Though the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Greater is he that is within me than he that's within the world. Hallelujah. There it is. What do you think will happen in your life as you speak his word, as you appropriate his word and make his word your word? We're talking about victory. We're talking about joy. Live by his word. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Thirdly, if you're beating yourself up over your garbage of the past, receive. His grace and forget about it. He has. My Bible says that He separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Come on, mathematicians. Come on, scientists out there. How far is the east from the west? Talk to me. Huh? How far is the east from the west? It's infinity. We serve such a great God. He's greater than all of your past. He's greater than all of the injustices. He's greater than all the cheats and the betrayals. He's greater than all extramarital affairs. He's greater than homosexuality. He's greater than abortions. He's greater than all the abuse. He's greater than all the sins of your past. When it's under the blood, it's under the blood. To remember it against you no more. 
God has forgiven, God has forgotten. Isn't it time that you forget? Number four, forgive everyone who's hurt you in the past. Forgive everyone who has hurt you in the past. Only you can walk out of the emotional bondage that you're enslaved to. Nobody can do it for you. You must rise up out of the ashes. My Bible says he gives beauty for ashes. My Bible says that God can turn to the good what was intended for evil. We read that this morning. The pathway to real victory is total 110% forgiveness. Forgiveness does not whitewash the deeds of others. Forgiveness does not condone their perversion, their evil. Forgiveness does not condone the victimization, the abuse that you have suffered. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness cleanses you. Forgiveness heals you. Forgiveness frees you to rise up like Jesus who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And what was right around the corner from the cross? What was right around the corner from the cross? Resurrection. There it is. That forgiveness is the pathway out of the garbage. Number five, God's word to garbage collectors today is this. Let it go. Let it go. But pastor, pastor, she said such things about me I can't even repeat. Pastor, they, they gossiped about me. Pastor, they even opened up a website to defame me and, and to ruin me, to slander me. Pastor, it's libel. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. In the name of Jesus, His grace is greater if you can't let it go, then let Jesus be Jesus in you. And through the agency and the empowerment, the enablement of His Holy Spirit, begin to pray, come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your power and come in your own special way and forgive through me. Lord, do what I cannot do. Let it go. If God's forgiven and forgotten it, in the name of Jesus, loose yourself. Let it go. Determined to put on a fresh new attitude every morning. The Bible says in Lamentations, the most negative book of the Bible, there's a golden nugget in the very center of it. Lamentations 3.23 God's mercies are new every morning. Why do God's mercies have to be new every morning? Because I blow it the day before. And so do you. We haven't reached perfection yet, entire sanctification yet. 
And my word to you this morning that he, is this, His mercies are infinite. His love is infinite. His grace is infinite. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you do. You cannot exhaust the love, the forgiveness, the cleansing, the mercy of our Almighty God. Every morning get up and declare His mercies are brand new today. There's a fresh supply. I'm forgiven. I am under His grace. It's incredible. His mercies are everlasting. said it before and I'll say it again. You can get up every morning and say, oh God, it's morning. Or you can get up and say, good morning, Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. I'm going forward. Lastly, choose to stop dwelling on your past hurts. Choose to stop dwelling on your past failings and praise the Lord. Garbage collecting, rehearsing the past is a form of worship. The more you drag around your bag of garbage, the more you dwell and focus on the garbage of the past, the more you are a garbage worshiper. It's idolatry. You give more time, you give more thought to the past than you do to your present Savior. Only one. Only one deserves our worship. Only one deserves our praise. Only one deserves our blessing. Who is that one? Who is that one? Only one uh, stood at the whipping post and upon his back were laid more stripes than we can count but by his stripes we are healed only one was suspended between heaven and earth and his blood flowed who is this one only one burst the bonds of hell death and the grave and plummeted into glory shouting hallelujah the victory is won only one sits at the right hand of the father and even now only one has nail scarred hands lifted up before the throne of God because he ever lives to intercede for us that one is not Allah Akbar that one is not Muhammad that one is not Buddha or Confucius tell me his name tell me his name his name is Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Alpha and Omega, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who still breaks every chain. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. He's worthy of all the blessing, the honor, and the thanksgiving. He's the chain breaker. Hallelujah. shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear
that we are paupers when he knows himself we're children of the king so lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle must be won we know that jesus christ is risen so the work's already this morning. Precious Jesus, stand with me this morning. Jesus, be Jesus in me. No longer me, but Resurrection power fill me this hour, Jesus, be Jesus in me. Oh, bow your heads with me this morning, precious Jesus. Lord, your heart must be crushed. When you see your children acting like paupers, when they're really a prince, a princess, king's kids. Lord, this morning we have exposed the works of darkness. We have exposed how the enemy would like to trip us up with the hurts of the past. Now we pray, come, Holy Spirit, and perform healing, healing. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed here this morning. This has been a word given mainly to Christians, but I open this up to all. How many are here this morning as heads are bowed and eyes are closed? And you would say, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. 
I have been so deeply hurt. I have been so deeply offended in the past. And this morning, this morning, Pastor, I want freedom. I want freedom from the garbage of the past that the enemy wants to plague me with. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand right now by faith? Yes, 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 yes. So many. This word has been for you this morning. This word is a word of cleansing and freeing. Precious Jesus, keep those hands up. It's your faith demonstration. God has seen it all. God has seen the abuse. He's seen the victimization. He has seen the regret. He's seen the failing. And I want you to know that here this morning, there's real healing. We're going to sing that chorus again. And by faith believing and faith receiving, would you step out and join me down here at the front this morning? Come right now. Come right now. Jesus, be Jesus in me. 